Hello, you are listening to Omnitalk's Retail Fast Five, brought to you in partnership with the A&M Consumer and Retail Group, Firework, SPS Commerce, and Sezzle. Ranked in the top 10% of all podcasts globally, the Retail Fast Five is a podcast that we hope makes you feel a little smarter, but most importantly, a little happier each week too. Today is August 3rd, 2023. I'm your host, Dan Mazinga. And I'm Chris Walton. And we are here once again to discuss the most important headlines from the past week. Two weeks, actually. Two weeks, yes. Good call, Ann. Yes, that highlight how the physical, digital, and human elements of retail are coming together to shape the future. Chris, how was vacation? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about. We had a sneaker of a vacation that came out last week. Went out to San Clemente uh, last week, you know, took in the sun. My wife tried to learn how to surf. I sat and watched. Uh, my 46 no year old surfing bones, for uh, you? No, 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 no. Too, much, too, much, too much risks of muscle cramping while in water. Never a good oh, idea, Anne. Oh, man. But, uh, no, that's but, not. but you're remote again today. Where the hell are you? Tell I'm the in, world I'm, where I'm, in the world is Anne Mazinga. I'm, I'm, that was very good. Uh, I'm in Duluth because I drove up here. Duluth. Duluth, Minnesota, up north uh, in mm-hmm. Duluth, Minnesota, because I went to one of my favorite bands of all time was playing up here, Bon Iver. And only Bonavere. only Justin Vernon, who's a Eau Claire, Wisconsin native, chooses Duluth to kick off his his American summer tour. So we drove up here oh. it's about two and a half hours north of the, the Twin Cities. I went to college here for a hot minute. So it's kind of been fun to uh, revisit the old haunts and then you, the show you was did. amazing. Yeah. And I don't think we've ever talked about this on the show, but real quick before we get to today's headlines, uh, you you played hockey at the University of, of Minnesota Duluth too, did we, you not? We, you were a we skated ho- a little bit up here. Hockey yeah. star, I think. Not a, not I, a star. Not sure. Not a star, and this was also for. I might have club, elaborated a little bit a on club that one, team. So yeah. I was not very, you know. This was like this is like the JV for the JV. So it was, uh, but yeah, it was fun. It was. But you still have all your teeth, so that's that's the best thing. As right? far I'm as you know, you as far teeth. as you know, yes, yes. As far as anyone will ever know, right? Yeah. Yes, unless yeah, you're a certified absolutely. dentist. Yes, uh, but yeah. only, only your wife will really know the answer. Yeah, to yeah. That Dennis can spot that in like seconds. It's like reading flashcards for them. Fake teeth, not fake teeth. All right, and well, should we do this show? Yes, let's get to it. It's been let's a while. Pa- yeah, it has. Let's get this party started. Lots of stuff to cover. Lots of exciting topics. All right, and but before we do, got a got an announcement I want to make today. Oh, hey. yeah, if, yeah. I know, right? If you haven't already heard about Meetup at Grocery Shop. Buckle up, everyone, because it's going to be an incredible ride. Ann and I are here today to give you an exclusive sneak peek into the Can't Miss program. The colossal and cutting-edge gathering has received rave reviews in the past with a 90% satisfaction rating from participants at ShopTalk and ShopTalk Europe, both of which Ann and I were in attendance for. And it was incredible. And best of all, Ann, yes, yes. it's free. Tell it's them what free they with want. your ticket. Our favorite word, free. As entrepreneurs, our favorite word. On Monday, August 28th, Meetup Selections Week. That sounds that sounds kind of like rush week. Like it does. this coincides yeah, yeah. the week with like pre-college. You're going back to college. You better you better get in on that rush. It does. It does. And rush is the operative word, Anne, as you'll find out in a second, oh. because this is when Meetup Selections Week is when thousands of top-notch executives from 37 countries and still counting. We'll be diving into the action, requesting meetings left and right. Here's a key insider stat that Anna and I are privy to that we are letting our fans in on today. It's a little bit of a secret. 
Okay. Yeah, okay. Right? This is fun. It. We've never done this before. Thanks. Thanks, Grocery Shop. On opening day, August 28th, 50% of Grocery Shop attendees will make their selections. That means you're going to really want to get a ticket by then so you don't miss being seen by half the audience. You can learn more at groceryshop.com slash Omnitalk. Ticket prices increase next week, so get yourself set well in advance of Meetup Selections Week. Starting when in? August 28th. That's That's right. That's right. All right. In today's Fast Five headlines, we've got news and our thoughts on Amazon unveiling what Bloomberg is calling its biggest grocery overhaul since Whole Foods, Mm. Poshmark adding visual search, Cleavon embarking on multi-parcel autonomous last mile delivery in Texas, Gap's new CEO pick. You're going to want to stick around to the end for that one with us. But we begin today with the rebirth of Bed Bath & Beyond. And why don't you take it away? All right. Yes, that is right, Chris. Bed Bath's website is back and better than ever. According to Oh, yeah, you think so? All right. Oh, yeah. According to NBC News, the new site launched under its new owner and what was formerly known as Overstock.com. Overstock CEO Jonathan Johnson, there's a name for you, said that customers visiting the new website would see up to $50 of loyalty reward points reinstated from former Bed Bath & Beyond customer accounts and a number of other perks, like 20% off, along with all the current rewards for members of Club O, which was Overstock's former loyalty program. You also, Chris, don't you worry about a thing. Those coupons, the 25%, yes, yes, 25% off initial purchases for anyone who downloads the new Bed Bath & Beyond mobile app. Uh, when asked Ooh. why Overstock adopted the Bed Bath & Beyond name, Johnson, that's Jonathan Johnson, if you were paying attention, <laughs> Jonathan Johnson said, quote, people view Overstock as liquidation, which is what we were 25 years ago when we started. But that's not what we've been for the past two decades, end quote. Chris, are you buying what Jonathan Johnson is putting out and selling? Where put you for the Jonathan Johnson jokes? Like, I didn't even think about that as I was reading and boning it up for this headline. I love that. Jonathan I mean, Johnson. Yeah. Jonathan Johnson. Shout out He's to you. Also a former like 90s TV, kid TV star, right? I, I have no. I'm thinking of Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Yes. That would be impressive if Jonathan Taylor Thomas was now running Overstock. Um, yeah. But and, I mean, I net net, I love this. I, fr- I actually put this in the freaking love this category, which I know I say Ooh. a lot on the show, but this Ooh. falls in that category. Um, because I can't believe how fast they've converted the whole site. I mean, sure. Amazon, I mean, Oversight purchased these assets in June. Yeah. Like, They're I mean, that's, a, done. that's freaking amazing. But when you think about it, there's a reason they could do it that fast because the strategy behind this, as we talked about when they made the, when they acquired the assets in June is really straightforward and simple, right? It's basically a reskin with new creative placements and brand name changes on the Overstock site. Along with what I think is cool, a site redirect from Overstock to Bed Bath & Beyond. That's how I found it. I was like, I don't want to type in Bed Bath & Beyond. I typed in Overstock.com and look what appeared. That was super cool. So, you know, for me, so essentially what you're talking about here, when you get right down to it is Overstock invested $21 million for better search, a better brand, and an existing customer file too, which also is an important part of this announcement. That came over, hence, you know, the discussion points you had about the loyalty. So for me, when I look at that and all they got for that, this is a total steal. It's probably it's also probably a pittance and it's a one-time charge to their overall search budget. So like great move, you know? Yeah. And the, the best thing too, and last point I make, 
the site looks exactly as I would expect it to. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's just overstock setup and they get e-commerce as well as anybody. That's how they've hung around for so long with a terrible name, like Jonathan right. alluded to. Right. And it just says Bed, Bath, Bed Bath & Beyond's branding. So I such a smart move by these guys, yeah. I think. Yeah, steal of a deal. I mean, that really $21 million is, you know, it's it was appropriately priced, I think, given everything that's happened there in the last year, especially. But I mean, even for them to take and turn this around, like you said, so quickly, like we've both been part of website relaunches, like three months to get this thing up and going was really well done. I think the site, the search is so much better than Overstock was like the whole site experience is just a, has leveled up compared to what um, what Overstock used to be. You know, the only question, though, that, Chris, I'm curious, because you have rich home furnishings history. The mm, only question whoa. I have is, like, is is this enough to stay viable? I think you're you're still, like, you know, yes, Bed Bath & Beyond is a top five brand in this category for today's consumer focus groups. But do you think that this swap is enough to hold them? And if so, like, what, what more needs to be done there? Because that's the only thing that I worry about is like, yeah, you, you've got it popping off right now, but like, can you hold the next generation yeah. of audience? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, it's, it's still, that's still to be determined, right? I think that's still the tough question. I mean, the great, good thing about Overstock is they've been around for 20 years. So they know right. how to exist as an e commerce retailer, which you can count on your two hands the number of people that are able to do that. So, Fair. but now yeah. I think this positions them more. I was thinking about that last night. It positions them more squarely to go head to head with Wayfair, which is yeah. really the category leader in that space. And it does it more overtly than it did before. And now when people are doing bed and bath searches, they right. should capture more of that volume in theory. So that's the play here. But, you know, running an e commerce business is hard, it takes a lot of smart people to make it work. And without stores, it you know can be kind of difficult too for all the reasons we talked about on the show before in terms of you know helping to ameliorate some of those cost pressures that come with e-commerce. So I think the jury's out on that, but yeah. net net for that reason is a small move. The other point I make too, and when you think about $21 million, didn't the executive team pay themselves like oh, factors like, above that, that in the like the that. two years that they were running the show? I think like that got paid like over 30 million or that's something. What, I, that's right? the number that was in my head too, like $30 million. That's just nuts that you pay the guy for two years for more than the assets are worth to this other company. Unreal. Fucking that's effing mind boggling, man. Like yes. I, I never thought about that until just now. Yeah. All right. Headline number two. Amazon, this is going to be a fun one, folks. Amazon unveiled, according to Bloomberg, and I quote, its biggest grocery overhaul since Whole Foods. Oh, my God. Yes. Somebody's been, somebody's been listening to the movie trailer person this summer and right. decided to take it into the uh, into the news world, I think. Right. Coming this summer, the biggest <laughs> grocery overhaul since Whole Foods. Right. Here's what Bloomberg says defines a big overhaul. Number one. Oh my God, this is hilarious. Number one, Amazon will begin offering fresh food delivery to customers who aren't prime subscribers. Previously, only shoppers paying the annual $139 prime subscription could get food delivered from Amazon Fresh stores. Delivery fees range from $7.95 to $13.95 or roughly $4 more than prime members pay, for example. Number two, Amazon plans to merge its various e-commerce supermarket offerings from Whole Foods, Amazon Fresh, and Amazon.com into one online cart. Okay. And my personal favorite, Anne, I'm sure it's yours too. Number three, a revamp of its physical fresh stores, which includes placing Krispy Kreme coffee and donut stands near the front door. 
adding roughly 1,500 items to what had been limited inventory for a full-size supermarket, as well as trying to make the space more inviting with bright colors. Bright colors, and bright colors. All right, and the great thing about this too, and this is smart by our friends at the AM Consumer and Retail Group, this Ooh. is also today's put you on the spot question. Here it is. All right. After reading all of Amazon's plan changes, what do you give a higher likelihood of success? A former Tesco executive actually getting Amazon to succeed in physical retail or creating a compelling one-stop sh grocery shop online across Whole Foods, Amazon Fresh, and Amazon itself? Uh, this is a no-brainer for me. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Tesco. I think the team there is very smart. But without a doubt, it's the latter. I think the sooner that you get to one platform for your consumers, especially as Amazon, I think the sooner that you start to converge operations between those, start sharing data more fluidly, and you really start to get an understanding, I think, of your customer across all those platforms, and then how you, how and where you need to lever up, especially when you're talking about going into physical grocery. So I think that it's it's definitely the right thing to focus on for Amazon. I do think though, and I, I I'm guessing you feel similarly just based yeah. on the intro, but like <laughs> based on how I read that, yeah. Like this kind of is a giant headline that didn't hit on any of the points that I think really are most important for Amazon to be focusing on right now. Like there's no mention in these articles about the quality of the food. Like, I don't care if you have the biggest, brightest retail merchandiser, like if it doesn't matter what it looks like, the bright colors, like that doesn't mean anything if the yeah. product's not worth going back for. And we already mm -hmm. have learned that the technology experience is not enough for people to go back for. And that to me gives one like underlying factor. And that's you have to focus on the food that you're giving, especially the produce. And so I, I'm really curious here what this Tesco executive, especially the merchant in him, like what the, what he's going to bring in and be like, it's not just about like putting lipstick on this pig here. It's like, right. what are we going to do to change where we're buying from, where we're sourcing and how we're really giving people a reason to come back for the food that we're carrying in our store? Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you a hundred percent. I mean, the, the, the crazy thing for me is like, it's all the right, it's all the things you should expect to be hearing. But the big question for me is like, why can Amazon win in this game? Right, like it seems right. like a, it seems like a huge uphill battle. That's what I take away from what you just said. You know, and for that reason, I think I think this is this is by far and away. I mean, I I do this a lot, but this is by far and away. I, that's not the headline of the year, but it's definitely the most hyperbolic headline of the year, without a doubt. Like yes. it's not even close. I think it's like far, far in first place at this point. Because the other point about this too, Anne. It's really interesting to me the amount of announcements that Amazon is releasing like this yeah, ahead of earnings. Yes. You know, they had the they had the we're gonna ship, we've invested in same day for back to school. I'm like, okay, yeah, I can get my back to school items same day versus in two days. Who cares? Right. You know, right. like why are you doing that? They've got the healthcare thing going on this week. So they're just flooding the the media with stuff. And you can tell this was a this was a a, a story where they said to Bloomberg, hey, do you want to write this about us? And then yeah, now but today, everybody's picking it up. Yeah, now everyone's picking it up because of the hyperbole, the hyperbole in the headline. But you know, net net, when I look at those three things we talked about, I love the combined experience. It's a no brainer. John yeah. Furner, when he when he took head of Walmart, he insisted on that being one of the first things he wanted to do. 
because, you know, and it, and it's smart. And quite honestly, John Furner could poop in a bag and I would probably eat it. But oh, my God, that, said, that is that needs to be stricken from the record. I'm sorry, no. listeners. That was one of the most disgusting things. I know you love John Furner, but but no, I mean, you're God, I, we have I to mean, draw a line somewhere. But Chris. it just is super smart. I mean, there's no reason you should have a disparate experience like that. When you want to shop, sure. if you want to go to Amazon to shop for your groceries, just go to Amazon to shop for your groceries. But the other stuff for me is like, wah, wah, you know, like. Why, why do I, I said this before, but why do I need another grocery option? What is Amazon providing that others can't bright walls, Krispy Kreme? Um, you know, and the other point is just walk out. It's not enough. That's, Mm -hmm. that was actually the most telling thing from the Bloomberg story. They actually talk about that. Like we're not investing in technology. We're investing in everything that makes a traditional grocery work. Um, and you know, Amazon thought that that would be enough. Right. You know, I can remember insiders telling me like, Dave Clark's walk in the store and he's like, when they first launched they're like, there's nothing special about this aside from a dash cart. And that right. turned out to be true. And so now they're trying to stand up a grocery experience on par with Kroger, Walmart, Albertson, Albertsons, and having lived at Target as Target tried to do that same thing throughout all of 2000s and all of the, even the 1990s, it's just really hard to do. Yeah. So many people have tried to fail, tried and failed and including, and I've said this on the show before, Tesco. Tesco yes. tried this with Fresh and Easy around 2007 to, to 2010, roughly. I don't remember the exact dates, but and coincidentally, like like AM called out, that's where the guy that's heading this up used to work. Yeah. Tony Hoggett. So so there's just so much going against this at this point that it just seems like more bad news for me down the road. But I don't yeah, know what final think, word for you. I think if I'm if I'm a, a reporter covering the grocery beat right now, I'm covering the downtown spirits just walk out headline a yeah. thousand times over this. Like, yeah, it this seems like oh gosh, it's hard because it's Amazon and you have to cover it. I'm sure like that's part of your journalistic responsibility. But man, I would that what they're doing in that just walk out store with you know having p having controlled entry and exit for booze and you know up upgrading that whole process i think is far more interesting to me than than this headline was but hey here we are covering it too (laughs) yeah well yeah because we have to but like you know the other point too is like they're trying to do i think they're trying to do this in schaumburg illinois one of the stores like the store's been open for a while like now you have the uphill battle of trying to get people back into that store too which is not easy to do once you disappointed them once like it's a tough game all right let's move on to headline number three chris Poshmark has added visual search functionality to its app. Love this story. According you do. To re- you I love do. this. According to Retail Dive, Poshmark released Posh Lens, a tool that lets shoppers use photos to search for secondhand items. Users can upload or take a picture of any item they want and look through available listings of their desired item or a similar product. The tool is available available for women's apparel, men's clothing, shoes, and bags. The tool uses artificial intelligence and visual search technology from Naver, a South Korean firm that acquired Poshmark earlier this year to conduct the image searches. Chris, I can go through all kinds of reasons why I love this, but what what convinced you that this is something that we should have on the show? And I'm going to let you actually have the floor on this for the most part, but I'm going to, in honor of Posh Lens, I'm going to do this, I'm going to keep my comments as Posh Chris. I've got my grocery cup, my grocery shop mug out. I've got my pinky out, Posh Chris, trying to do a Posh Chris voice. Uh, oh. You know, I, I, yeah, right. I know. Yes. Posh and, Chris voice is very different from regular Chris voice. And I, I love this story because historically, as we've talked about on the show, it's a much more efficient way to search than using words or pictures 
because pictures literally say a thousand words, which humans can't, right? That's yes. the point of this. So, but your angle, I think is particularly interesting. My posh Chris rendition is dying on the vine as I try to do it. Uh, so, and particularly in terms of what it means for resale. So like I said, let's, let's have you save the audience from my terrible posh Chris impression. Yeah. I think you need visuals on that one. So for everybody, yeah, I don't know it's if, also a podcast. Yes, right? I don't know if you could hear <laughs> the pinky up in Chris's posh Chris voice, but, uh, just check in, D- direct message us if you want that visual sent directly to your inbox. Or watch um, our new video styling on YouTube, which is yes, also important to know. Yes, we we yes. did it. We invested in some new video styling. We're kind of PTI-ish, right, Anne? Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, okay, well, this is the reason that I love this. It's super simple to use. This is this works for those of you listening who are familiar with the Amazon search function. This works just like that little camera to the right, except this is mm-hmm. you know, in your Poshmark search field. It's a little magnifying glass to the right of your search field. You click on it. Yesterday, obviously, Chris, I was wearing my Nike Daybreak Light Bone tennis shoes to go to the Bone of Air concert. Um, you wore Light Bone shoes to go to the Bone of Air concert? I obviously did. I had That's to be amazing. on brand. Um, but... The cool thing was like, I was trying this as we were driving up here and it's fascinating. Like that one pair of shoes came up in a thousand different search. Like the search function brought up all of those shoes. Every single title had a different name in it. Some weren't even saying the name of the shoe. Some said light bone and it was light bone sneaker. Like nobody's going to, nobody in their right mind is going to search for a Nike sneaker by typing in the words light bone. Only you and I know that, (laughs) but nobody should be typing that into a search. No one should. Don't, I I do not recommend typing light bone into any search search function. Um, No, I think the, the key point is here. It's just like you said, retailers can't even get consistent product details across their own product detail pages. Right. So how are you expecting that Carla or Katie, who's listing their product on Poshmark, is going to use the right search terms that are going to have their product found and discovered? It's not going to happen. Dead right. So this unlocks so much more possibility for the seller and the shopper to be able to search and find the item that they're looking for in, in a swath of results that are are much better tuned to exactly the product that they want. It means higher volume for Poshmark. I just, I think that this is really going to start to unlock a lot of power, especially in the secondhand market. And I also wonder one more thing, if this could help spot counterfeiters more easily too. Like when you think about people who are stealing products, Mm. like the Lululemon product, for example, like product up on this website as Mm. Lululemon, can I now use this tool to see who's selling Mm. products on the third, like the, the secondhand market? Like, I think there's a lot of possibility Mm. now that you have AI and the tools with visual search to track things down at a speed that no, no human is capable of doing. So yeah, that's really, and, and with the add on take again, nice. Yeah. Like, can you, could you use visual AI to give you like a sense of like the stitching or the quality of the embroidery to understand the logo placement is in the right spot, like that kind of stuff. Like all the stuff that you notice when you're like looking at those guys, try to sell them those things on, you know, on a blanket on a street corner in New York city or Barcelona right. as we, as we frequent it, or we saw this summer. So yeah, that's a, that's a great point. Yeah. Your point about your point about the average person who's selling things on Poshmark, not knowing the ins and outs of e-commerce and no. how their products are probably found is so dead on. So yeah, it makes me think really great move as, as we've said, and we've long been a proponent of this. This is one of the first tech, this is actually the first technology demo 
we ever shot as a video yeah. for Omnitalk inside right. of a Starbucks, right? Using right. visual search to show how you could buy a Starbucks co- uh, coffee bag mm-hmm. on Amazon. It was pretty cool. So, all right, and well, before we get to headline number four, this is also the part of the podcast. We're going to tell you about another exciting conference we are planning to attend. Ooh. And we are talking about the Manifest Conference in Las Vegas, which is happening in the first week of February. Manifest just announced 150 speakers are now confirmed to take the stage. You can see the full list and save $200 on the price to attend by visiting manifestvegas.com slash Omnitalk. Manifestvegas slash man. Let me say that again. And manifestvegas.com slash Omnitalk. I got so excited to say like, man, it's so cool to see all these like trade shows putting Omnitalk at the end of their yes. URLs just yes. for us. I mean, it shows you how far we've come and hurry prices increase August 4th too. So you're going to want to get on that. That is a great show. It is, it is definitely one of my favorite shows. And it is actually at this point now, the top logistics show on our list to attend yes. each and every year. When you say Anne? Yes, absolutely. And there's really great flight deals right now to Vegas. So take advantage, get your manifest ticket, get your cheap. Yeah. It was like 7,000 uh, sky miles round trip on Delta to get to Vegas. Crazy, isn't it? So Ooh, book your wow. tickets now. Wow. What are you that's waiting huge. for? I didn't know there were cheap flights anywhere right now. God, yeah. it seems like that's costing an arm and a leg basically every week. All right. Headline number four. This is a fun one to say. Autonomous multi-parcel delivery has arrived officially in Texas. According to Parcel and Posting Technology International. Yes, that is real. And shout out to them for their first appearance on the show. Estonia's autonomous delivery innovator Cleavon has launched a commercial service in the USA in collaboration with PostNet North Lake. Cleavon's service offers the convenience of direct doorstep delivery with the security residents want. The way it works is Cleavon schedules a desired delivery time with each resident and brings the package directly to them. Cleavon's ARCs, aka autonomous robot carriers, yeah, yeah put that yeah. one in your, in oh, your yeah. mental vault, and. They run on public roads and enable the transportation of goods in energy-efficient and cost-effective and scalable ways. Cleavon's ARCs have been on public roads in Europe for over three years and have proved to be safe and reliable with a perfect safety record thus far. And you have frequently poo-pooed autonomous last-mile delivery in the past, quite vociferously, I might add. Are you going to do the same thing today? What no, are your I think I and I, no. I have to defend Why myself not? a little bit. I feel Pretty like tall. I feel like some things I've poo pooed. Not all autonomous yeah. delivery, but there are some. Like one thing going to one person does not seem to be efficient. Um, drones still not a fan. But here, I think you have multi. The, the key thing here is that you have multiple parcels doing multiple things. It's not just delivery of items. They're also picking things up. And the key thing about what I think is so uh, unique about what Cleavon's doing here is that we're in the suburbs now. We're not in Europe with high dense areas where they've proven their their uh, success over the last three years. Now you're out in the burbs. And uh, I think that's really telling, especially from an operations perspective. If I'm any of the, the third party logistics companies right now, I think this is a technology that I am looking into 
um, especially when you think about, you know, it's packages. It's We're not talking about food in this case, which I know they're getting into down the road with food and restaurant delivery. But right now it's mm-hmm. just one-to-one packages. Like I can go on my phone. I can tell this thing. I'm going to be home at this time. The package delivery parcel pulls up. I get my package out. I can put any packages in. Like this is all the things I love about DoorDash right now <laughs> without having mm-hmm. to require human workforce to do that right now. Like mm-hmm. I, it just seems so smart to me. I think there's so much potential. And if you can make it in North Lake, Texas, I would hope you can make it just about anywhere. <laughs> yeah. And the key being like, it carries multiple people's deliveries like yes. in the vehicle. And that's right. the key point here. Right. That's what makes it different than like the, I mean, I remember you and I had quite the, the fun uh, ripping of Chicago's uh, citywide investment in these little robots running yes. around. Remember that yes. the single one-to-one delivery robots, right. which this is not that like, this is like a delivery van yes. that is very akin to like the RoboMart idea in concept. Yes. Right. Just, which I love. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just done differently and done for the purposes of delivery. Like I was thinking like, God, you know, like Buncha, the company that we have eyes, like maybe that's something that, you know, we talk, you know, that they get involved in to help right. with the delivery costs or defray that at some point. But, you know, my point is, Look to Europe, and I mean that that's that's why I put that in the read. It's been a theme of the show for years. What is there now will be here in 10 to 15 years. So get accustomed to it, get familiar with it. You see it already in click and collect, you see it in pickup only stores. Those have been around forever in Europe. And so these ideas that have been around for three years and are working will eventually come this way. So, you know, that's my big takeaway here. And it's again, it's a theme of the show consistently. All right, let's move on to headline number five, Chris. Gap has a new CEO. I can't wait to ask you about this one. Um, Okay, according to CNBC, last week, Gap named former Mattel exec Richard Dixon. Another great name. We have got some all Dick Dixon. Dick Dixon. Dick Dixon. (laughs) I'm sure he's never heard that before. (laughs) Yeah. Dick Dixon is the new CEO after a year-long search. Dixon, the former, or the toy maker's, Former president and chief operating officer is credited with reviving the Barbie franchise during his tenure. Dixon, who has been a member of Gap's board since November of 2022, will leave his current position at Mattel on August 3rd and start the new role on August 22nd, earning an annual base salary of $1.4 million. Chris, yes, Gap, give us your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, actually, as you, you as you just read that, there was something I didn't catch too. Like November was it Dixon? Dixon? Yeah, it wasn't Dick Dixon. Although okay. you know, I do love a good alliteration. Um, it was actually the board tenure is not that long, really, when you think yeah. about it. Like he's yeah. been there like seven months at, at yeah. the end of the day, and this was in flight well before it was announced too. So like that that actually makes me a little even more skeptical of what we've got here. Mm. Um, so I don't know what you think. I have not talked to you about this, so I have no idea what your thoughts are, but. Um, I am actually a little skeptical of this, and Okay, um, why? Because, you know, Lifetime Gapper, started my career there in San Francisco. Shout out to all my friends that are still there, still working there, still participating in our content daily, uh, weekly. Um, it gives me Paul Pressler flashbacks. Um, and so Paul the, Pressler? Paul, great question. So Paul Pressler was named CEO. He succeeded Mickey Drexler. Okay. This was in the early 2000s, probably like 2002, 2003, maybe even 2001. I don't remember the exact date. But that dude flamed out really quickly. It was, I would say it was almost an unmitigated disaster. He was from Disney and, you know, they made all these, they tried to make all these connections between Disney and the gap. And at the time he, I think he ran Disney stores even. So the connections was even a little more probable than the same Mattel. Okay. Um, and, and so my concerns there is like, we're that is the board forcing the connection here between running a toy brand 
and running an apparel brand. Now, with that said, if I look at his resume, and that's what I do because I don't know him personally. I'm just basing this on my resume review. He does have a weird four-year stop as CEO of the Jones Apparel Group between 2010 and 2014, which he left Mattel to go to. And then, interestingly enough, returned to Mattel afterwards. So Maybe my he question just wanted is, to change the pace. Maybe he was yeah, like, no, Meh. Yeah, no, but my question is, if you're an apparel guy, and that's what you're really Fair. good at, why would you jump back to Mattel after leading the Jones Group? Is it because your heart's really in CPG? Or the wholesale side of the business too, like Jones sounds like Jones Group has some wholesale. Uh, you know, is part partly the that's a big piece of the business. Maybe that's a tell to where he thinks Gap needs to take the business. We've talked about them selling on Amazon. We've talked about potentially you know that angle before, and and maybe that is what they need to do. Yeah. So I don't know. It just brings back a lot of scar tissue for me, mm-hmm. and for those reasons that I just said, it worries me a lot because. The skills that it takes to lead like Barbie right, right, are very different than the skills it's going to take to reform, you know, Gap. And the other part, too, is I have to think the Barbie success created a bias around his performance. For sure. Which, if you're not careful, is probably the equivalent of beer goggles in a CEO search. That's what I think, you know. I mean, that's the best way I could put it. Like, it's going to be like, oh, that person looks much more attractive then he probably really is in real, you know, in all actuality. And you can get carried away with those things very easily. Look at Mark Tritton, Bed Bath & Beyond, same thing. So much is success attributed to him from Target, which if you talk to the insiders, it's like Target was always doing that and massive flame out of Bed Bath & Beyond. So anyway, net net, long story long, I'm skeptical. I'm worried based on previous patterns I've seen in history at The Gap. Yeah, I I don't have much more to add, although I love Gap and I wish that it would thrive but i i don't really know that this is the guy that can fix it is is it a branding issue like i really think that it's deeper i think it's the i think gap is selling a product that is no longer unique like there's too many people out there doing basics especially in the direct to consumer space with purpose behind them that gap just needs to, to figure out another way that they're going to provide a unique point of view or a more pointed fashion approach i think to to stay relevant i don't think it's creating basics for all anymore and i think that's where you know this guy even with his even with his background in some apparel like I really feel like you need somebody who's more of like a fashion director to go in there and figure out how to take, you know, the stuff we talked about two weeks ago, the the j- denim jacket, the vintage gap that's selling so well online right now. Like, is there a way to capture that nostalgia and bring that into the new designs that they're putting out and not just be focused on on mass anymore? I think I think it could survive if you can get somebody in there. And, and that's where I'd be focused. I don't know that I'd be focused on a marketing bringing a marketing person in, but yeah, yeah, you're right. If it needs both, ultimately yeah. it needs yeah. a merchandising point of view with a good marketing plan behind it that coordinates yes. and complements that merchandising point of view. And it needs it across all the brands too. We sometimes talk about gap ubiquitously, like it's the gap brand here, but it's really gap banana, old Navy, Athleta, Athleta. all those together that need that point of view. And that supercharging from both those things happening at the same time. And yeah, I just don't know that four years of an apparel background Prove to me that he has the merchant shops right. to lead that, but maybe he does. Maybe he does. I don't know. All right, but Chris, I have let's, skepticism. Let's close it out and get to, to us to the lightning round. Chris, number one question for you: Trader Joe's recently warned shoppers that certain foods may contain insects and rocks. What's the most <laughs> disturbing, disgusting, or surprising thing you've ever discovered in your food? 
Oh man, you know, I I gotta tell you, I've been despite being unlucky in terms of like bioorganisms that I've digested in my food in my life, quite unlucky. I don't think I've ever ingested anything like that. Probably the worst thing I've ever noticed in my food is a hair. I mean, oh, do you have a gross. story like that? I think mine's oh, a I hair. Oh, I found a fingernail once in a salad. Oh, <laughs> God, I wouldn't even have thought of that. That's so disgusting. So gross. I still can picture it vividly. And I think I was like 13 when it happened. I was having lunch with my grandmother and it was I didn't even so finish this podcast, Dan. That's so disgusting. Ugh, it was All right. so gross. I'm going to try to move on. All right. Chick-fil-A announced that it's testing two new concepts, a walk-up and pick-up only concept and a mega four level four drive-through lane concept as well which of those two concepts would you most like like to have in minnesota it's a tough call uh not at all we're in minnesota oh Obviously, really the mega four lane drive-through nobody yeah the walk-up is only viable like a few months out of the year so yeah. i definitely especially chicken oh, right. volume like it's all about how many people can you serve as quickly and as efficiently as possible. And that would be the the mega four lane drive through. Yeah, I'd be hitting that every week if we had one. You're right. Oh, for uh, sure. For sure. All right, Chris. Uh, Walmart recently expanded its refurbished goods program with the quote like new end quote items that the retailer says are products that show no sign of cosmetic damage and come with a one year warranty. Chris, what is one item in the Walmart catalog you would not risk getting a refurbished version of? Oh man, um, you know, truthfully, I'm not worried about any item in the Walmart catalog really? getting a refurbished item of. No, I mean, if you know, if it's graded by Walmart, you know, and the brands, most likely this is a brand play too. Like you're gonna put the key brands that are refurbished in this. So like, I don't think I have any concerns about that really. And no, honestly, I'm in the I'm bed in the, sheets or something. I, no, well, I don't think you're gonna refurbish bed sheets. I doubt that's part of this. It's probably more computers, blenders, home appliances, phones, those types of things. So I would like, help. I think. Yeah. So I, you know, I'm actually in the market for a new computer potentially. So I might check out to see what kind of refurbished deals they've got on that as well. But, uh, okay. all right. And this is, this is again, one of my all time favorite questions that I've devised for you to close us out. Captain Crunch's uniform was recently rebranded to reflect his position as a captain. And surprisingly, he was also given a fifth finger and okay. yes, he only had four fingers before. Yeah. Uh, and his He's uniform- a cartoon. Yeah, and, right. And his uniform was actually that of a commander and not a captain. So they invested in the upgrade. But my question for you is this. On a scale of one to 10, with one being not at all and 10 being absolutely, how much does Captain Crunch cereal taste like Band-Aids? Oh, my God. Not at all. Who thinks it oh, tastes like Band-Aids? Oh, my God. I think it's a 10. I think it's just the most dead-on taste of Band-Aids And why are you possible. eating Band-Aids? I'm not. I'm. I've tried Captain Crunch. It tastes like my. Oh my god! Captain Crunch is in my perception top... of what a Band-Aid would taste like. Oh god! Oh. Captain Crunch is in my top three. Cra- Captain Crunch oh. with crunchberries. Oh my god! It's the best. Just I hope think. There's no... I think you're in the minority in that one. I would be. No, not with crunchberries. Crunchberries is different. Straight up Captain Crunch. Get. I still get, take it. Get the kids Captain Crunch and tell me how much it tastes like Band-Aids. It'll, it'll right. never be the same. I'll report back. And hopefully there's no challenge. hopefully there's no fingernails in it as well. Or rocks, All right, on or that insects. final dis- yeah, on that final discussing note, happy birthday today to John Martin Sheen, and to the man who once held a secure grip on the top of my man crush podium, but not so much anymore. Sorry, Tom, Mr. Tom Brady himself. And remember, if you can only read or listen to one retail blog in the business, make it OmniTalk, uh, the only retail media outlet run by two former executives from a current top ten U.S. retailer. 
Our Fast Five podcast is the quickest, fastest rundown of all the week's top news. And our twice-weekly newsletter tells you the top five things you need to know each day and also features special content exclusive to us, and we do it all just for you. And we try really hard to make it all fit within the preview pane of your inbox. You can sign up today at www.omnitalk.blog. Thanks, as always, for listening in. Please remember to like and leave us a review wherever you happen to listen to your podcast or on YouTube. And until next week, and on behalf of all of us at Omnitalk Retail, as always, be careful out there. The Omnitalk Fast Five is brought to you in association with the A&M Consumer and Retail Group. The A&M Consumer and Retail Group is a management consulting firm that tackles the most complex challenges and advances its clients, people, and communities toward their maximum potential. CRJ brings the experience, tools, and operator-like pragmatism to help retailers and consumer progress companies be on the right side of disruption. And Firework. Firework is the largest video commerce solution built for the world's leading brands. They empower brands with shoppable and live stream video on their own websites where people like to shop. Put your commerce in motion with Firework. You can find out more at firework.com. And SPS Commerce. SPS Commerce is redefining how businesses across the supply chain operate in an omni-channel world. Their experts, tech, and data work together to fuel your growth and deliver for your customers. To find out more, head to spscommerce.com. And finally, Sezzle. Sezzle is an innovative buy now, pay later solution that allows shoppers to split purchases into four interest-free payments over six weeks. To learn more, visit sezzle.com.